All right, so this is obviously, as you can tell by the title, it's a brand new series called Oh Sleeper. Um, quick question. Has anybody in this room overslept so hard that you woke up sweating? How many of you have had that before? How many of you have overslept so bad that like, a, like you had like a sock halfway on your foot? Like, have you ever woken up like that? I don't know. Somebody sleeps with socks. A lot of them sleep with socks. Look, Abby sleeps with socks. I know Abby sleeps with socks. A lot of... <laughs> we just triggered her mindset of like, oh my God, y'all sleep with socks. Um, uh, how, many of you, how many of you overslept and you actually felt worse than before? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How many of you sleep to the point where it's so... Like you sleep so hard that somebody has to shake you to get you up? You don't wake up to a thunderstorm. You don't wake up to a hurricane. You sleep like a log. Like that's that's the kind of sleep I'm talking about. I was actually just talking to uh, to Sadie and Stephen in the uh, in the kitchen this uh, right before we started. And I was like, man, I cannot wake up to literally anything. We had a, a bad thunderstorm one time. It was high winds. Um, the rain was coming down hard. Lightning was just hitting really really close to our house. I never woke up ever. Like, I literally did not wake up. There were probably, like, like seven, like, thunder shots, like, really, really close to our house. And I could not wake up to anything. I, every time, and also for me, any time I oversleep, I feel like, I feel like I didn't sleep enough. I might have slept two hours, and it's like, I feel like I didn't nap long enough. But that was a pretty long nap. Two-hour nap is a pretty long nap. So the funny thing about oversleeping is that, Sometimes you feel confused. Sometimes you feel like you feel a little bit more sluggish than usual. And sometimes people have to wake you up rather than maybe a sound or something like that. Somebody has to physically shake you out of bed. In that same way that we are out of it when we are physically half asleep, the same is true when we are spiritually half asleep. We live in this state. We're not paying attention to what's important to us. We make poor choices and don't listen to what God is saying to us. The biggest issue that we run into is spiritual sleep. Maybe last year wasn't your year with God. Maybe you had a bad relationship with God last year. You weren't as on time with spending time with him. Maybe maybe prayer felt stale. Maybe reading his word didn't feel like it came alive like it did before. I want to help you as we go into 2024, if you're doing the prayer and fasting, I want to help you start up or start back up those spiritual habits because it's very, very important. Um, Making poor choices and not listening to what God says to us is very, very crucial. A lot of us make choices based off of feelings or experiences. And sometimes those two things do not do not help your case. When it comes to your decisions. But I believe that if we start to listen to God more, that's what, and that mainly that's what prayer and fasting is about. Prayer and fasting is basically the flesh weakening and the spirit being more powerful and powerful as you continue to fast. Fasting is not just some diet where you lose weight. It's a cool idea. That's what people do. It's just called dieting. But prayer and fasting is taking something in replacement and making it prayer. Making your relationship with God deeper. Even Jesus said it when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and the disciples were sleeping. And Jesus said, you can't even stay up an hour with me. He said, I need you to be praying at all times for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
The goal is for your flesh to be weak so that your spirit can be willing. Because it depends on which one you feed. It depends on which one you're giving the food to. If you are constantly feeding the flesh, no wonder you can't hear from God. If you're constantly feeding the flesh, no wonder you feel stale, hollow, and negative. If you're not hearing from God, if you're, if you're only feeding the flesh, no wonder you feel like God isn't there with you. But if you're allowing to weaken the flesh and allow the spirit to rise in you, the Holy Spirit, even your spirit, man, your own soul, if you're willing to feed that more and allow your flesh to be weak, I believe these spiritual habits that I'm going to be talking about, because listen, these spiritual habits are very, very simple. Some of us do it on a regular basis. Some of us know it as a simple thing. But really, it's a spiritual habit that you need to jump back into because it is the course of the Christian life. These things I'm about to tell you for the next three weeks are very, very simple, yet very, very effective. And you know what they are. But the only way you're going to be able to do that, here's one thing. The number one way to stay in it is not passion. It's consistency. You thinking that passion is going to keep you in your relationship with God? It's all, if you think of your relationship with God like a relationship with someone else, then you've gotten the two mixed up. Because a relationship with somebody else is not always a passionate thing. Either they have done something you don't like, or they've said something you don't like. And it causes your passion to die. So it's the same thing with God. God's not going to always do what you want him to do. So that's going to cause your passion to die down a little bit. But until you start to see God as a real relationship that you're willing to also put the effort in, that's how a relationship works. Maybe you don't know this. Let me, let me refresh your memory. Let me give you a little bit of a teaching mode. A relationship is both sides. It's not one or the other. If you're willing to take something from it, you're not good with relationships. If you're willing to just take something from it and damage the other, you're not ready for a relationship. If you are the only one wanting something or needing something, that's not a true relationship. It's the same thing with God. The same relationship with God. Look, God knows your needs and he's willing to meet them. But why only use God as a need meter? And uh, unless you allow him to speak into your life, like, like I just talked about, but for you to also give him what back? Your life. What else to give him back? Your praise. What else to give him back? Your service, your servant heart. Loving him, loving others. I talked about this last week. Loving God and loving others should be your motto this year. It should be your drive this year. Even the series will will discuss that. Loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving everyone else. That is the core value of who you should be. And when you are letting the flesh be fed, none of those things cooperate. None of those things go together. You become stale and negative when you allow the flesh to be fed too much more than the spirit. Here's a question. God is actively speaking to you about your life, always. It's in scripture. It's been in some of our own experiences. God is constantly speaking 
into our life. Whether it's a thought that he brings into your mind, whether it's you reading his word and he speaks to you, or it's somebody that's very, very Christ-like in your life that is speaking through the influence of the Holy Spirit. God is constantly speaking in your life. The question is, can you hear him or are you too spiritually asleep to listen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the, the moment that I know that somebody's spiritually asleep is that if God gives me something or God downloads something from someone else and gives them a word of encouragement and they don't take it at all. A lot of those people, and I'm not, listen, there's a lot of people that say a lot of hocus pocus stuff and scare people off. I get that. But when it genuinely comes from a Christ-like person who lives their life for Christ, and lives accordingly to the teachings of Jesus. Those types of people, I'm willing to listen to. I'm not willing to listen to someone with an opinion. I'm here to listen to someone who knows Christ's teachings. I'm not here to listen to another opinion about, about stuff. Jesus is only going to use people who are using his teaching. That's all he's going to, that's all I want to listen to. So when it comes to that, are you spiritually asleep? Can you not hear anything from God? Is the word stale for you? And when people talk into your life, do you get triggered about it? I want to talk about that. Because if that's the case, you might be spiritually asleep. Ephesians 5, 14 through 17 says, For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So, watch this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. So don't act without thinking first. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. The funny thing about this is that he's telling us to wake up. So if you're awakened in the spirit, now you need to be careful how you live. Because maybe you're, because for some of us, maybe we were on a spiritual high for a little while, maybe from an event, maybe from our, just our own personal time, and then all of a sudden, we're not living according to what we're experiencing. So you have to be very, very careful on how you live. You have to be very careful on how you live. God cares about how you live. So I want to jump to this scripture, Hebrews 4, 12, because I want to show you how this means for us today. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So if we're in Christ, if we have the, the influence of the Holy Spirit in us, the word of God should be cutting us like a sword. If we truly are captivated by the Spirit, it should be convicting us. I'm not saying there's never going to be encouragement because there's a lot in there. If you have a situation in your life, there's a scripture for it. But I'm telling you right now, it should be a sword cutting you to the deepest parts of you so that you can grow more like Christ. Sounds a little intense, but it's supposed to be. You're not meant to stay the same person as you are five minutes ago. You're meant to grow. You're meant to grow in Christ. So as you continuously read the word, the word should be revealing Jesus to you because Jesus is the word. 
John 1 says in the Word, in the beginning, the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. It should show you Jesus. Number two, it should be able to challenge you, cut you deep, but also lift you up, encourage you, bring you to a greater place where you are a greater light in the world. That's the point of Scripture. Scripture is supposed to benefit your life and benefit others, benefit others when you live out that Scripture. The Word of God is alive. Many mistake the Bible as only a book of wisdom or a handy book to live the right way. While these things are true, we're meant, to, we're meant to use it as a guide. It is a great book to help us with our morals and everything. But it is literally, like, like I, I want to be very, I'm, I'm being very, very literal with you. It's literally alive. It is literally breathing. Now, obviously, you can't hear it through my iPad. It's not actually breathing. But what I'm saying is, is that the word is is a real and, what's the word? I'm just going to say it's alive. Every time you read the word, it should speak to you. Not every time it's going to speak to you. Because some words are met for different seasons. I'm telling you right now, there is a scripture for your situation. There is a scripture for your situation. I, I, can, I can probably tell you, I, there's at least... 10 to 20, at least, throughout my life that have spoken to every situation in my life that has spoken and have helped me walk through it. Scripture is supposed to help you, but it's also meant to challenge you. When you approach the Word, know that God is ready to speak to you every time you meet Him. He's all, he always has something to say. So when you go to the Scriptures, you have to have this awareness of the Lord is going to want to speak. Am I listening? Are we going to be like Samuel, listening to when he speaks? Are we willing to say, your servant is listening? Are we willing to actually sit there and go, okay, Lord, I need you to speak. I need you to speak life into me. You got to be honest with God in that moment. Be aware of that moment. Don't just go and flip. I'm telling you, it's important to meditate and memorize the word. It's important to meditate and memorize the word. Keep in mind, God wants to speak to you even more than you want to hear from him. He wants to speak to you more. So you simply have to seek him to hear his voice. The bottom line is you need to wake up to God's will. God's will for your life, that's for you to find out. I can give you, I can give you multiple answers. Obviously, one of the biggest reasons is to love others, love God, preach the gospel, pray for people, that stuff. You can do that. But His specific will for your life is for you to find out because it's not anybody else's, it's not any other will that God has but for you. Each each and every one of you in here, God has a calling and a will for your life. That is for you to discover. But you must learn to 